You're listening to the Family Discipleship Podcast, a podcast of training the church. And was it a picture of you guys eating like little leaves of lettuce and crying? It was black and white. (laughs) So I'm not really sure what that indicates. Just a sad, we start every year with a sad 30 days. Yeah, most of parenting is knowing how to get into the pantry, close the door, and eat the good food before oh, the kids the notice. Nutella, a yeah. spoonful <laughs> of Nutella in the pantry. <laughs> <laughs> While we do whole thirty. <laughs> I take care of people all the time in the hospital who have not learned how to cope with certain situations, and the consequences are dire because of how they've chosen to cope or how they have refused to submit their will in certain situations. This is Adam Griffin, and I'm here with my co-hosts. First, Mrs. Cassie Bryant. How you doing today, Cassie? Happy New Year. Happy New Year. It's good to see you. Good to be back doing this again. Absolutely. Now, of course, just to my right, as she should be, my right-hand lady, <laughs> uh, Mrs. Chelsea Griffin. How you doing today, Chelsea? Uh, good. Delighted to be seated at your right hand. What an honor. <laughs> what an honor. But also, this is my house. <laughs> also, isn't this one of the most pleasant Januaries? Oh, my Texas goodness. You've it's ever, been wonderful. I feel like God has answered your sad prayers. He your has. seasonal I, affective disorder prayers. I have hit golf balls the last two days and just like, just flourished. Soaked it up. In the, the sunshine. 70 yeah. something today. I, it's like oh, man. I have plans to go hit golf balls yeah, right after, right after this. this. <laughs> yes. Uh, that's yes. great. Uh, Cassie, any New Year's resolutions for you in the Bryant home? I'm terrible with resolutions. I have, I'm doing, I've been hesitant to say anything, but now that I'm seven days in, I think I'm going to say it. Oh. Uh, doing like a Bible binge where we, you read the Bible in a month. The whole Bible in a month. The whole Bible. Tell so me about that. On, How much are you reading in a day? It's about two hours a day and, and combined with reading and audio. But to me, it feels like the Bible, the year plans, yeah. I don't want to be in Leviticus that long. Oh. Yeah. Like when you're, it's a long time to be in some of those books. What I'm, I'm here to say is you don't like the word of, of the word of God. No, I like certain parts of the word of God better <laughs> than other parts. So I spent a day in Leviticus, which was far more doable. The Bible Project video in Leviticus is just like, it's it's everything. It's like, pretty I have helpful. to watch that. If you watch it and then I think you can cruise through it because you're like, this makes sense. This yes. makes sense. They like show how there's like a very um, symmetrical outline to the book of Leviticus. Mm. Like truly it made it make sense to me and I read it and I was like, yeah, I get this. Yeah. Instead of just being like, I'm disturbed by a lot of this. It's a lot of blood. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. Uh, a lot of judgment here. Um, you know, a lot of anger, you know, whatever. And it just like, and I got through it and felt like, because yeah, when I hit that spot yeah. in, the, in the yearly reading plan, you're just like, great. I'm not going to reach my goal yes. because- Yes. This is going to put me so far behind and make me feel bad Same about myself. Same with numbers. Numbers was rough too. But so this yeah. week I read Genesis, Exodus, Numbers, Leviticus, Deuteronomy. Today mm-hmm. I'm on Joshua and Ruth. Look wow. at you go. Um, and it has been a lot of fun. It has also provided some interesting family discipleship conversations. Oh, because really? Like what? We're listening. Well, uh, sacrifice, the, like um, all the different animal sacrifices. We were yeah. in the car on the way to school. And that one was going. Uh, also at bedtime, Lolly heard about the ordaining of Aaron with, you know, the blood on the left ear. Just a lot of questions. So we talked a lot about God's holiness. And awesome. It's really, it's been really I've never heard of that. A Bible binge, you get the whole Bible read in a month. Yes. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, we'll see. Second, well, seven days in. and Seven days in. This is a good podcast. Where do I start? I'm really good at starting things. Okay. 
Yeah. So you Where just hold I me finish? to it. Hold me to it. Ask me in 23 days. Starting is half the battle, but I just want to say I love that because I feel like people are um, not even ashamed of the things that we binge, right? You know, oh, like that's good. People are binging everything but the Bible. This is the right. first. This moment is the first time I've heard of someone saying, "You know what? I'm going to binge the Bible." Yeah. That's good. I'm like, go go crazy. I'm like oh. reading it in line at the grocery store. Yeah. I mean, it's like, and the 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 it's it's through Jess Ray and her husband. They're the ones who like kind of put out put together the plan. But um, they encourage, like, you're going to be skimming. You're going to have to audio book. Like, don't feel like you have to sit down. You're not studying it in depth. You're just getting a big overview of Genesis through Revelation. So, yeah. cool. As yeah. much as that's not in depth, that there's something really sweet about saying, I'm just going to be saturating my life in the Word of God for, yeah. for a solid month, everything I can. I love that. That's great. I really sat last night when Moses died. Really was sitting Wait, in Moses that. dies? Oh, sorry. I didn't get to that part. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> I was just really Spoiler sitting in what all what all Israel must have felt, what Joshua was feeling. Because you, you yeah. just when you read it in one fell swoop, it's just like you're caught up in the story. Yeah. NT, yeah. I think it's NT, right? It has a really good video about reading an entire book in one sitting, which mm. I'm not doing that because these books are too long maybe to do that, but um and for my life. But uh and just that you're so immersed in the story that you're just like, Oh my goodness, how must that have felt? I've never really sat in like mm. meditating on that. But anyway, so yeah. I love that for you. It's and I love new how that's resolution. fostered uh, uh, new conversations with your daughters. That's yeah. awesome too. Chelsea, any New Year's resolutions? I've resolved to do this many times, but I'd love to learn Spanish. Oh, this is the year. Yeah, why not? 2023. Yeah, this is the like millionth anniversary of regretting learning French. <laughs> and uh, it would really help me at my workplace if I had some good Spanish and I just want to know Spanish. Your obstetric Spanish is pretty good, right? I'd imagine. It's well, it's bad because oh. if you learn to ask the questions in Spanish and if your accent is good too, then they'll come back with then a, they lot assume of, you know a lot more, a lot of words. And then you're then you have to shamefully tell them, I only know the no question, <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, and I mean, the translator services are great. I just think the my Spanish speaking patients would feel really cared for if they felt like, oh, okay, this person speaks my language, yeah. you know. And we have a lot of Spanish speaking staff, but then when they do it, I just think, well. Why don't I do it too? Yeah. You know? So oh, I love that. That's a good goal. goal. Adam. Yeah. Uh, my goal, let's have the best season ever of family discipleship. Uh, that's my. That's a lot of pressure. Oh. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Is it? No, I think we can outdo ourselves. Let's do you it. Know, we're just let's competing with us. How good have we been? You know? All right. Well, I thought, <laughs> <laughs> I thought it might be great to kick off this season with kind of a common question uh, that I get from parents which is uh, where do I start or kind of where do I start over for some people? You know, uh, New Year's is actually a good time for people to think about starting over, not necessarily starting for the first time, but just going, have done this before. I've tried this before and it hasn't gone well. Uh, similar to what we talked about in Advent, that's an easy time to say, hey, we're going to do some things that maybe we don't normally do, but I think it'll be good for us. So I wanted to get a conversation going around how helpful it might be to some of our listeners or maybe somebody who's just starting listening to the podcast where would we start? Or if you're already going, maybe thinking about some additional things you might start. I love the example you've already given, Cassie, of it's not like you've never read the Bible before, but you're doing, you're starting something new that's going to really immerse yourself in the Bible in a way you haven't before. So Cassie, let's just start like this. If somebody just walked up to you, a parent at your church maybe, and said, with family discipleship in general, with leading their family spiritually, they ask you, where where should I start? I haven't tried before, or I've tried some things and they haven't worked out very well. Where should I start? What wisdom would you offer them? Oh, this feels, it's so nuanced based on the family and the age of their kids and all of all of those things. But um, would start with praying. If they're married, pray with your spouse about like what they think 
their family needs and that would benefit from right in that in that season of their life. And then I always think starting with the gospel is a great place to start and just reading the book of John, reading the book of Luke, Matthew, Mark, one of them. Uh, just picking one and reading a chapter a day as a family. If that's at bedtime, if you're at bedtime together, everyone's family rhythms are different too. So for us, it's usually breakfast because that's a meal we are all together for. We're not all together for dinner. If we have church on Wednesday night or worship and prayer on Monday nights or my husband has clients a different night, then dinner can feel sometimes scattered. Same with bedtimes if we have different evening things. And so for us, mornings have been the best we intentionally just get up really early and have time at the breakfast table. And so, but yeah, so I would encourage them to find a time of day where they can be consistent and then um, starting with a gospel and looking at the life of Jesus and the commands of Jesus. That's good. So you're talking about both kind of content resource, you're talking with the scripture and you're also advising them, find a time that works for your family. Like yeah. where, where are you guys already kind of crossing paths and how can you leverage that opportunity, either a meal time or a, a routine we can say, let's let's yeah. infuse that with our prayer together, with our scripture together. What if their family maybe is resistant to starting mm. something new? Let's say since it's new, the kids are saying, I don't want to do this. This yeah. is not what we normally do. I kind of liked breakfast the way we used to do it. I I just want to go to bed or I just want to read this book at bedtime mm. or I don't. What do you say to the parent who's dealing with that uh, immediate resistance because it's something different? Yeah, I would say with... Cast a, try and cast a compelling vision for what you're hoping for and set a really measurable goal of just like, hey, we're going to do this for the, this month and we're going to see how it goes and we're open to changing the time. If the time is the issue, we're open to changing the format if the format feels challenging. Again, it depends on the age of kids. If your toddlers are resistant, then I would say push through. They're usually more open, you know, to once you've started something, uh, to a routine kind of changing and them accepting it. If yeah. it's an older kid, that might be harder and take some some vision casting for the family. I also would say to answer both of these questions, some of this might come down to how you're modeling it. And if you're not, how you're leading yourself. And if you're not modeling it for them, if they don't see you praying, if they don't see you walking with Jesus, spending time in God's word, um, all, all of the different ways we model discipleship for our kids just in our own personal lives, that that might be some of the struggle as well, is that they're not seeing it and the benefits that you're getting from it as, an, as a parent, as an adult. Um, and so it might be asking yourself, like, where am I not modeling it for my kids? They don't see the fruit. They don't see the benefit of time with Jesus. They don't see the benefit of prayer. They don't see the benefit of serving the church or loving others. And so uh, it might be kind of taking a look at your own life and seeing yeah. where can I— be more public within my family of modeling a walk with Jesus. That's great. I do think too, there's an aspect of parenting that maybe is less popular in our culture that while you don't have to do it harshly, you can say, well, this is what our family's going to do. Yeah, as your mom absolutely. and as your dad, we've decided this is what we're going to do. And whether you uh, enjoy it or not at this point is not going to determine whether or not we're going to give our best effort to it or whether we're going to stay committed to it. And I think a lot of our kind of New Year's resolutions, kind of our new things we start, and because we don't feel like doing it anymore. We don't want to. But the truth is, some things worth doing, you may never feel like doing. And right. if your kids never feel like doing it, it doesn't mean we just throw out the window. Oh, they don't. my kids don't feel like going to church. Okay, well, we're still going. Totally. My kids don't feel like, um, you know, fill in the blank, reading the Bible. Well, we're <laughs> still going to read the Bible. Eating broccoli. Eating, <laughs> eating broccoli. <laughs> right. Vegetables are good for you. My kids would love to have nothing but, you know, uh, Chick-fil-A for every meal or mm. canes or something like that. But I, I know better, so we don't. They, they'd love to just have brownies until they're full, but we're going to do something different. And very similar with the way we're going to lead them spiritually. Really quick, we do all 30 every January. It's yeah. been something that we've done, Eric and I have done probably since 
we were married. Annual Gross. torture. And we've a- added our kids into it last year. They 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 helped they participated with us last year. And this year we were grocery shopping, my youngest and I, and we passed the cereal aisle and just mm. tears. She just knew what we were passing. <laughs> Yucky charms. But yesterday in her journal entry for school, she drew us at the table and it was, um, her, the prompt was, what is something your parents do that is good for you? And she said, oh. my parents make me healthy food. And was it a picture of you guys eating like little leaves of lettuce and crying? It was black and it? white. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm not really sure what that indicates. Just a sad, we start every year with it's a sad 30 days. Sad. <laughs> Chelsea, any thoughts on uh, Whole30 or on uh, starting discipling your family? I know your thoughts on Whole30. <laughs> you don't have to share. I do Whole30 every night after dinner <laughs> until breakfast the next morning. That's just fasting. Yeah. yeah, well, but in that time, I don't have carbs, yeah. sugar, dairy. Uh, yeah. You're also not smoking during that time. Yeah. Not drinking. Yeah. yeah. It's, pretty, it's a fast from everything. That's yeah, great. it's really good for me. No, I was going to say that like when parents kind of talk to us about these like spiritual disciplines and the kind of resistance, oh, my kids won't do that or whatever. You're going think about the fact that as parents, we do stuff like this in, in things that are less spiritual. That's right. Absolutely. Like you're saying, there's a lot of things our kids don't feel like doing, but you know, what parent would say like, well, then I guess we'll just never do the dishes and we'll let them pile up. Our, our kids don't ever say, I just am in a mood to do dishes. They <laughs> they never say, mom, is there any laundry to fold? Right. I tell them there's laundry to fold. I see their faces and I say, well, let's just do it. And we do it. And uh, the resistance is actually lower every time, I think, to those things yeah. because they know that it's just not a choice. It's just something we have to do. If we want dishes to eat on and clothes to wear, then we're going to have to wash them and put them away. But for the parents out there that struggle with the resistance of their children or what their children will think, or, you know, if your family's kind of centered around your kids' emotions, you know, just be encouraged that you are so capable of this because you do this all the time. Right. Otherwise, you yeah. wouldn't have clean dishes. So I know that you do this. Yeah, you know? that's exactly right. We face resistance for things all the time. Yeah. But uh, a big part of parenting is persistence, right? Not mm-hmm. only that, but it's helping kids adjust their attitudes. And some of that, like you're saying, is just spread via familiarity, saying yeah. this is what we do. Yeah. yeah. So there's no need to complain. We're going to do it. Yeah. So your complaining is not a successful tactic. One of my favorite uh, parenting tips that you give out, Chelsea, is that we don't negotiate with terrorists. Yeah. Can you, can you walk right. through that a little bit? <laughs> well, I mean, what we just talked about, like there's just some things that aren't choices. And like Cassie, like you said about toddlers where you're like, okay, you know, they're, they're going to get used to it. The reality is toddlers need to submit their will. That is, yeah. that's the goal of, of, of a toddler. They don't know that it should be their goal, right. but but that is should be their goal developmentally is to learn to submit their will. When you're two and three years old, there's a desire for independence and to do what you want and to test boundaries. And it's a good parent's job to show the child the yeah. boundaries and to show the child the authority structure of the home. Right. Um, that I will be an authority and you will submit. I'm a loving authority. I'm a safe authority. Uh, but you will submit your will. And the earlier a child learns to do that, uh, the more they're blessed by it through yeah. their life, right? I take care of people all the time in the hospital who have not learned how to cope with certain situations and the consequences are dire mm. because of how they've chosen to cope or how they have refused to submit their will right. in certain situations. And um, that greatly affects their health and their family. Um, and I just think, man, like it's it's such a little thing. Yeah for a child to endure the consequences of disobedience as a two or three-year-old yeah. than, um, than what happens when you're an adult 
and you're still in a rebellious state. Yeah. And so uh, the more we can help our children learn that when there's a good loving authority in your life, your best, best plan is to submit your will. Yeah, that's good. And I want to clarify too, when I say that we don't negotiate with terrorists, I'm not trying to um, kind of make it equal between a, a terrible two-year-old and a terrorist. But the reason America has a policy <laughs> where we don't negotiate with terrorists is because it encourages more terrorism. And that's what we're talking about is like, if you negotiate the things that you yeah. uh, want your kids to do, you encourage them to say, this is a successful means yeah. by which you get your way. It gives them power. <laughs> yes. You're empowering them maybe in an area where they shouldn't have it. And I was going to say, yeah, where the power is an illusion. Yeah. yeah. Like, you're, you're, you don't have the power. We'll so why are kid, we? We'll give kids choices. Like you can do this or you can go to your room and yeah, exactly. sit in your bed. Yeah, you <laughs> Those two, are your two choices. Yeah. Both, you feel both empowered. obedience. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Chelsea, we know a lot of people also have never been discipled themselves. And I, I know your discipleship story pretty well. What's a great way to get started if someone's never been discipled? If someone's never had somebody kind of pour into their life or um, they've never had somebody who's led them well, maybe their family didn't demonstrate something growing up for them. Where would you encourage somebody to get started in getting discipled? My answer to this is really something I learned from you. Um, so y'all, when I met Adam Griffin, he had like 10 mentors. And <laughs> I like how Adam looks surprised right now. Yeah. I, I don't know that we've ever had it recorded story. that you said you learned something from me. Stop, Stop it. Stop it. Tell, tell the people how submissive I am. Season four. Here we go. Oh, my head covered. Sorry, dear. <laughs> anyway. Keep going. <laughs> like super submissive. Okay. And I'm always learning from you. You're my teaching pastor at my church. <laughs> <laughs> the church that you have no choice but to be a part of because of our marriage. Yeah. Cause I submit my will. Uh, <laughs> I might have to get coffee at a different church. <laughs> Anyways. Um, no, uh, something that Adam shared with me when, when I first met him, when I was just like a young lady in my early twenties, I thought was really helpful. And we've talked about it here before. Just as Adam saw something admirable in somebody that he wanted to learn from, um, he wouldn't latch onto a person and say, hey, can you disciple me forever? And I'll, I'll be, you know. Can we be of, best friends and let's meet once a week? And yeah. yeah, yeah. Can I can I just obligate you from now through eternity? He would say, you know, can you meet with me, you know, five times over the next couple months and teach me how you pray? Or if someone is gifted in evangelism, you could ask them for a one-time meeting or several, but put a time limit on it and tell somebody what you see in them and ask them to teach you that thing. So if you know someone who seems very disciplined when it comes to um, Bible reading, fasting, praying, memorizing scriptures, something that you see that you say, I want to learn that thing, go to that person and ask them to show you how they do it. A lot of times people can feel unqualified or just unprepared if they just get hit up with this, hey, can you mentor me? Right. Yeah. People get overwhelmed by that. What does that mean? What does that include? How long will it take? What right. you know, and it just feels this like, oh, I, I I can't commit to that. But if Cassie, if someone said to you, like, you just seem like a great mom, can I come to, you know, a couple of Breakfast families, at the Bryants. Yeah. Can I come yeah. to breakfast? Yeah. Right. And see what you do with your kids, because maybe I didn't grow up in a Christian home or, you know, my parents were divorced and yeah. just nothing looked like this. Can I just come in and have breakfast at your house um, for the next couple Fridays? You know, that doesn't sound overwhelming or scary. It's like we're doing that anyways. And yeah, I already said we have yeah. a routine and we're, you know, good at it, so to speak. So, of course, come in. And so where you see something in somebody who is ahead of you in some way, Go ask him to show you that thing. Yeah, yeah that's really good. 
Yeah. Uh, now you've also, you've been the uh, recipient. You've also discipled other people. You just came from a breakfast where you're discipling a young lady this morning. What's, what's the benefit you think to being discipled? You just gave kind of a great method of an unintrusive, unintimidating version of just saying, Hey, will you, um, can, can we get together? I want to ask you a specific question, or I want to see a specific thing in your life. That's such a great way to get started. Can you share a little bit about the benefits of discipleship for you personally? Sure. Um, I feel like, um, the women that I've learned from in the church have given me courage and confidence. Um, that's what discipleship does. It gives me support. Um, so when I think about, you know, a lady who her and her husband led our home group for a long time, and this was just so kind and sweet of them, but they they let me live with them for three months before we got married. And that was so special. And in that time, it wasn't that I got to see perfection being lived right. out. And they didn't try to hide any imperfections, but they just let me see what one other family looks like besides the one I was raised in. And it was just super helpful. And I got to see some things that really impacted me that Katie didn't think anything of because it was just her doing her thing. And I'm going, okay, I I have like a tattoo on my memory Mm -hmm. of these moments that were just game changers for me in terms of giving me an idea of what Christian marriage could look like, what godly godly motherhood could look like. Um, it's just one more picture. And so, yeah, the courage and confidence, the encouragement of just someone ahead, just saying, hey, you can do this right. and not hiding that it's imperfect in their own life. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Wisdom combined with years of experience to the wise person sometimes just feels like common sense. You don't think, oh, somebody needs to learn this or somebody needs to see this because you think this is the way this is done. And then you find out when a younger person or when a uh, an undiscipled person steps into your life, you realize, oh, what I thought was common sense is something they've never experienced. And the opposite is also true that if you step into somebody's life, they may not know what you have no idea because they have what's called the curse of knowledge. They don't know what it's like to not know what they already know. So to step into somebody else's life and say, hey, I just want to be around you, you'll find out that they wouldn't have known to tell you if you didn't mm-hmm. ask, if you didn't see it. Yeah, like one, one time we had like an all-day babysitter. So uh, during the summer, so I was showing her like where everything is, you know, to make lunch and to do all these different things with the kids. And then I just showed her um, the secret candy cabinet. And I was like, you know, also, you know, a lot of women just like needs a little bit of chocolate during the day. And like, this is where you go if you just need something real quick, you know. This is like a little secret stash of chocolate and candy. I don't think anything of it. I just think like that's just like normal hospitality to show her where that is, you know. And then later, like she told other people about it in my presence where she was just like, I learned something really important from Chelsea. I'm like, what was it? And she's like, you have to have like a secret cabinet when you have kids. And like, and I was like, duh. <laughs> like, a, like, like a wardrobe in Narnia, just like yeah. a secret place. Yeah. Most of parenting is knowing how to get into the pantry, close the door and eat the good food before oh, the kids the notice. Nutella. A spoonful yeah. of Nutella in the pantry. <laughs> <laughs> While we do Whole30. <laughs> uh, so thank you so much for talking a little bit about your discipleship. I know that there's a lot more to that story and I'm so grateful for it in your life and the way you disciple others, Chelsea. You're so gifted at it. Hey friends, it's March and that means Easter is right around the corner. In fact, Easter is in March this year. It's part of the reason I'm pumped to tell you about one of our sponsors who's got a really special Easter deal. This is a great time to get some new resources to disciple your family. Our friends over at Lithos Kids are having an Easter basket sale. They got the brand new Little Pilgrims Big Journey complete box set it's now available. Guys, I can't tell you how much I love this resource. 
If you don't have it, you need to go check it out. Kids and parents have loved reading about Bunyan's beloved tale of Christian and his adventure to follow the king's path to Celestial City. And now you can get all three books in one box set along with a map and it comes with a coloring book and the whole thing is just 60 bucks. You can use the code FAMILY10 to get 10% off your entire order at Lithos Kids right now. So what a great discipleship opportunity. To find all this, go to lithoskids.com, see all the items in their Easter promo, including their new release, The Parables of Jesus, and the Kingdom of God Bible Storybook. Guys, we love Lithos Kids. You're going to love them too. Go check it out today, lithoskids.com, and remember the promo, FAMILY10, to get 10% off your entire order. Sometimes hard things happen. Sometimes they happen to children. When God Makes Scribbles Beautiful is a beautifully illustrated book that helps kids trust that God can take their hard things and use them for good. This picture book imagines that the hard things in a child's life is a scribble following him everywhere. Readers will journey through God's promises from the Bible, inspiring hope and faith in God's good and redemptive plan. Hard things don't always go away, but God can turn them into something beautiful. Available at BeautifulScribbles.com. Download a free parent connection guide and printable scripture cards. Now, Cassie, one of the questions we hear a lot from people as they're switching churches, going to and from churches, is they'll say, I had a really hard time connecting there. Mm. I had a hard time connecting at church. I don't know, probably not at Northway because you guys walk in uh, kind of a, a glorious delight. No, and um, true. But uh, <laughs> if someone is struggling, if someone's listening to this and go, man, I'd, I'd love to get discipled by somebody, but I have a really hard time feeling connected at my church. Mm. How would you advise them? Like, where do they get started when it comes to saying, I want to be part of a family of God where I feel like family? Yeah. I would first ask them to, similar to what Chelsea just described when you're asking someone to disciple you, to get specific. So what are you specifically wanting when you say connected? Is it like a best friend group or is it being discipled or mentored? Is it using your gifts that God has given you to serve the church or the city? So I would get, I would ask yourself, what are you hoping for? What are your expectations by getting connected into a church? And then at the, you know, the very first Sunday you visit or a couple Sundays into visiting, I would find a member during the past the piece or and just ask them if you can get time with them to learn more about the church from a member's perspective, not a staff, because often a member's perspective of a church is going to be different than the staff perspective of the church. And then I would encourage them to figure out what the membership process is, if there is one, if it's not just like come forward and become a member. And then uh, to find a staff member that they could meet with, that they would maybe get some inside knowledge on how to get plugged into the ministry you're wanting to serve in, get plugged into discipleship relationships. Sometimes that can look like a Bible study that's already going on uh, that they can jump into. It can look like serving in next gen. I think that's one of the best ways to get connected. It's to serve. It's to serve. Well, yeah. And if you've got a heart for kids at all um, or teaching, then next gen is such a great way to serve because not only are you going to get to know other faithful people in the church who are serving, with those kids, but you're also going to get to know the families in the church if you're if you yourself are not a part of a family yet. And then if you are a part of family and you're looking to get to know other families, I think, you know, I will often try to connect 
moms and dads that are like out in our courtyard, but just finding another family to grab a lunch with and just starting to build those relationships. And then to give yourself some grace and know, and give the church some grace. It takes time to get connected. It takes time to meet those expectations. It's not going to happen in a month. Like life together over, you know, over a course of time is what is going to kind of meet those needs and meet those expectations. It's not instant. Yeah, that's good. I love what you're saying because there are some like institutional programmatic ways that a lot of churches have to introduce people to one another so they can be connected, like a, whether it's a small group's ministry or it's serving at the mm-hmm. church. But a lot of it is should be initiated by the person who wants to be connected, yeah. right? Uh, some, uh, it's expectation creating. If yeah. somebody comes in with the expectation that this church will do this for me, right. and by that they mean some company, some institution will provide me a best yep. friend. Uh, churches are not in the business of providing best friends. We make disciples. So don't be surprised if you get into a small group and some of the people there annoy you or some of the people are very different than you. Right. This, this is what a church is. I used to deal with it all the time as a student minister that parents would drop off their kids and say, I really want my kid to have good Christian friends. And I would have to tell them, just so you know, there's 10 other parents doing that same thing. And their kids might be even more mischievous and in more trouble than your kid. (laughs) And your kid might come home with a lot of friends who are in and out of, uh, you know, addiction or in and out of uh, delinquency. And and that's what the church is, is we invite all people. It's not just a place to make Christian best friends. But uh, there is a hope there. There, It'd be great to feel connected at your church and to be known. But it starts with uh, a vulnerability and saying, I'm willing to be known and initiating and saying, I'm, I'm going to see what is the means by which this church kind of creates a discipleship pathway. I was say, well, correct me if I'm wrong, but like the early church gathered to meet the needs of one another yeah, and not so much to like come in to have their needs met. And That's so good. I think that part of it too is looking to an institution to like fill all these voids rather than like, I have something to offer this local body. So I'm going to come be part of that. And, yeah. and through that, I'm going to... I'm going to find that the needs that I have to meet and be in brother-sister relationships with these people yeah. is kind of met. It's it's flipping the script a little bit. Paul would even say, we belong to one another, mm. right? We belong to one another. And so if you deprive the local church of you, you are depriving them of something that belongs to them, right. which is you. You have something to offer. That's what he says when everybody has different gifts. It's like you're, you are robbing the church when you refuse to get plugged in or you just expect something for yourself. You do have something to offer to disciple others. And at the same time, I want to say, if you're in a position right now where your life is just falling apart and you have desperate need, don't hear me say, well, you have more to give. This right. is also why the church exists. It's okay to show up and say, actually, this is a season right now where instead of leading, I need to be led. And and that is a fine place uh, to walk into a church and, and ask for that. It is a place where you should be able to be cared for. Getting back into kind of the the household, into the home. Uh, Chelsea, we talked a little about uh, earlier, just that family discipleship has so much to do with reading the Bible together. And uh, Cassie talked about maybe jumping into a gospel pretty early on. Where would you advise somebody to get started on reading the Bible as a family? Where, where would you kind of kick it off for them? Like Cassie said, you know, one of the gospels is great to start with if your kids are old enough to take that in. If the family is new to um, new to the church, new to the faith, Something like the Jesus Storybook Bible can be awesome, even if you're not two or three years old. It is a great resource for households with really young children. But that Bible, along with that other one we like, that like the big big illustrated story Bible, called Big Picture Interactive. It's a gospel project Bible. Okay, yeah, love that thing. Uh, We've given that to friends who are new to the faith, not mm -hmm. who are not they were not moms, did not have kids, but were brand new to Christianity. Yes, I loved that because at the end of in like e. Each story is one page, and at the end of it, there's like a Christ connection. So even if it it covers some like really obscure stuff, like some minor prophets, they, you know, maybe on your own, on my own, I'm kind of like, 
okay, well, that's a story. Um, <laughs> don't really, I'm not walking away with like a real life-changing moment here, but it always has a little bit of insight there for you um, just to help you interpret the story or help you see how the story is connected to God's bigger picture. Another thing I would say is maybe even without one of those um, as a family, covering kind of the timeline of God's people with those big stories that we've heard of, creation and Noah's Ark, all the way through, you know, the times of judges, kings, the exile, all of those things, all the way through Christ coming, his life, his resurrection, and doing that with the major stories. Yeah. Um, Because like like Cassie explained, you know, you can get lost in something like Leviticus or Numbers for a while, but kind of being able to do like the framework of the scriptures with your family. So like our family last summer, we did first and second Samuel because it covers so many stories that kids are already familiar with. Right. And, and our kids were already familiar. So it was good to actually just say, let's open this book and read the whole thing. And then after we got through that and maybe. Then we did John and now we did John and now we're in Acts. So we're teaching them about the beginning of the church and what the church looks like. It's been great talking about, I mean, we're talking a lot about Paul going to prison and people being beaten yeah. and just talking about, you know, what what it could cost a Christian and why why it's worth it. Yeah. And my kids, you know, the other night, they look a little frightened, you know, when we're talking about that. But it, what I'm trying to say is that Jesus frees us from being scared of death. Right. Yeah. That we don't have to be scared. And so those are the con- conversations we're having. But Anyhow, the resources are endless. Honestly, it's a Google search away mm. from finding something. If you don't, if you don't feel like your family's in a good place to open the book, open the Bible yeah. and read the book of John, the resources are endless yeah. for finding a place to start in God's word. That's good. I like that. The, the ones you mentioned, the Jesus Storybook Bible, some other story Bibles, and then just the Bible in general, getting into the Bible together. Cassie, any other uh, resources that you love that you recommend to families about getting into the Bible together? Yeah, David Murray's got one called Exploring the Bible. It's really good. Yeah. Uh, that, that will help you walk through the entire Bible and see the themes. And then he also has one on the Gospel of Mark. I think it's called uh, Meeting Jesus, uh, Meeting with Jesus. And then Marty Machowski's got a couple that are really good. He has the Old Story New and yeah. the, um, yeah, long story short, Old Story New that walks through the Old Testament and New Testament in 10 minutes a day, essentially kind of yeah. walk through those stories. So that's really easy and like accessible low-hanging fruit type of things for your family. The Jesus Storybook Bible, Sally Lloyd-Jones uh, also put out all of the words from that Bible into a non-illustrated book called The Story of God's Love for You, mm. which, so if your kids are older or if you've got teens and you want to do that, but you feel like they're not going to handle a kid's Bible, like they'll think that's too cheesy, then you can get that. It's got a blue cover. And that's just the words from it and not the pictures. And so you could read through one of those a night. That's great. Oh, and Rebecca McLaughlin, didn't she just come out with one? Uh, the teens question? No, oh, she came no, out with kids the Bible, Bible study. study. Yeah, it's on Mark. It's called Exploring the First Gospel, or the yeah. Earliest Gospel. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, Exploring the Earliest Gospel. Nice. And I will actually have a book in that series coming out. Uh, here's the podcast announcement. I think it's in January of 2024. So one year from now, Yay. we'll have a kids Bible study on the book of Proverbs, which That's I'm looking awesome. forward to. Uh Chelsea, we talk also, you know, outside of just saying like getting the Bible together, we use a framework, time, moments, and milestones. If somebody's saying, where do I get started? Uh, what would you say? Hey, here's when we think about time, moments, and milestones, here's what's helpful about that, about where you can get started. 
Well, when we talk about discipleship time, obviously we've addressed the fact that for a lot of families that can seem like a little intimidating to get going. But don't forget that there's other time that your family has already set aside. And I think time in the car is a good one to say like, we are going to start praying on the way to school. We're going to start praying on the way somewhere. Maybe the whole family goes to a basketball game or even individually. Maybe you take your kids at different times individually to their practices or their games or piano lessons or whatever. And just say, you know, every Wednesday when we go to piano, we're going to listen to this little podcast thing together in the car and and we'll talk about it or we'll pray or milestones are great on a birthday to say, we're going to like pick a scripture on your kid's birthday and say, this is what we're going to be praying over for you, over you for the next year. It's good. Um, or, or, you know, we want to memorize this, this verse and just, pray it and break it down and think about it as it applies to you for this year, for this 10th year of life or whatever. Um, so, you know, this can be easy, a lot of easy stuff on, on milestones for birthdays in terms of saying on your birthday, we, we pray for you. Some families may not have done that before, but that's super easy, you know, to say before, before we um, sing happy birthday and blow out candles, we're all going to go around and just encourage you and say how we've seen, we see something good in you. We see what God's doing in you. You know, I mean, those can be little and easy and don't take a lot of creativity. And if you really feel like you can't think of something, again, you're a Google search away. There are a lot of families doing some really cool different stuff that you don't have to adopt all of it. You say, I just want to add something. I just want to make this special, whether it's Christmas or New Year's Eve, something like that, and saying, what if we had a goal or what if we memorized this verse, you know? I mean, those were all great. My only uh, other addition as we kind of wrap up is that Anytime you're starting something new, expect there to feel like there to be some awkwardness. That's good. Mm-hmm. Or some resistance. And that could be with anything. Like I said, like as we started Whole30, there were tears or there's conversations about why we're doing it and there's going to be temptation to give up. And so, especially when it comes to the spiritual lives of our children, expect resistance, expect awkward moments yeah. Yeah. that you're going to have to push through. Expect there to be, you know, something that just happens between you and your spouse where you're going to like want to argue and you're going to have to be like, we're not going to argue right now because we're right. going to, we're going to dig into God's word instead with our kids. Um, there's just going to be opportunities for you for it. I don't know, for the enemy to kind of come in and want to steal what you're trying to do or yeah. like taint it. And there's going to be lies that you're, you're going to be, you know, fed that you want to believe about your family or about your own personal walk. And so um, I would just, my encouragement would be to persevere and to keep going and, just baby steps, you know, it's just good. as you're trying anything new, just one one foot in front of the other. And then the next day there's new mercies to put one foot in front of the other. So yeah, part of what you're touching on there, Cassie, which I love is an important aspect of this that we haven't talked about yet is motivators is why are we doing this? And if you feel like family discipleship for you is driven by fear of like, if I don't do this, what will that mean for my kids? Or if I don't do this, you're afraid of judgment. Uh, what will people think of me? Or what will God think of me? Or if your motivator is like, um, uh, this is just uh, other families are better than me at this. And you feel some kind of anxiety about you being behind. Listen, the best motivator you're going to have is the holiest motivators, which are, this is what honors my God. I have a genuine heart that that desires my kids to know this loving relationship that I already have with the Father. So it's great in a moment uh, of facing resistance to remember your why, right? Your, your motivator. But I'd also encourage you parents to find what is your motivator right now? And is it in a holy place? And if it's not, then let's work on your own heart. Let's see where... Where are you with the Lord? What needs to be confessed? What needs to be owned? Where do you want to do some of your own work? Because I don't want you to live out 
a life of discipling your kids because you're so afraid of what would happen if you didn't, or because you're so, you feel threatened by God, or you've made God into some kind of overbearing master that is just taskmastering you into family discipleship. But when it, when you face resistance, it should be uh, easy for the Christian heart to say, but I want this so desperately for you kids. I want this so desperately for you, my household, because you don't know how much uh, love is available to you, how much freedom is available to you in the gospel. And that's why I refuse to give up at this. And those days where you feel like you have a lack of motivation, you're going, I'm, I'm so tired, I'd rather go to bed, or I'd rather just let them make their own breakfast, or whatever your time or your moment or your milestone is, that you remember like, why am I doing this again? Oh yeah, it's out of love. Because I was loved, and in response now, I love, and therefore, I will chase it. Now, last question, as we're, this is the first episode of a new season, we're about 50 episodes into this podcast. We're about to hit episode 50. Wow. If someone wanted to start, if someone said, hey, I just heard you guys have a podcast or I just listened to this, where do I start episode? Where would you tell them, hey, start here. There's some really good episodes I think that we've already put out that you could say, hey, if I were try- just getting into family discipleship or starting over, here's where I'd start. What would you think? I mean, I'd probably start at the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> episode one, just say, just listen to those, do a, a binge of the family discipleship yeah. podcast for a month. Yeah, like when we're not putting out a new one, just listen to the old ones. Yeah. Um, and it probably, it also depends on where you're at in your life stage. Um, my sweet sister-in-law, she didn't know we had a podcast and over Christmas, she was like, wait, what? And yeah. she started on the, the episode about LGBTQ and she came back from her run and was so encouraged. And she has a high school daughter mm. and they're older than we are in different life stages than we are. Um, and so she started there and then she was going to move over to the the episode on dating. And so there's, those are both really great if you've got older kids and you just want to kind of cherry pick some of those episodes. But if you're new to family discipleship, then I would say start at the beginning. That's good. Oh man, I have some favorites out there. I liked our episode on parent guilt. Yeah. I had a lot of people just say to me individually that that was a blessing to them. Yeah. And so that might be a good place to start. Loved our episode with David Thomas. Yeah. I loved our episode with John Tyson. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think of like all the ones that made me cry, which were a lot of them. Ray um, Ortland made me cry. Ray Ortland. Johnny um, Erickson Tata was a great one. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Jen, the episode with Jen Wilkin about otherness, mm. I thought was really powerful. Just hearing her read that letter that she wrote to her children, uh, that hit hard. Yeah. So yeah, I think we have we have some interviews out there that are just really special. Yeah. Well, I love getting to do this with you guys, Cassie, Chelsea. This is a blessing. I'm looking forward to the rest of season four. And many seasons to come. We've got plans up through season 50 at this point, I think. So 50 episodes in, 50 seasons to go. (laughs) Well, well, thanks for listening, friends. If you think it's as important as we do to disciple our families, please help us out by giving us a great review wherever you listen to podcasts. You can visit one of our sponsors, share this episode with one of your friends. That would help us out a ton. If you want to keep up with us or join the conversation, you can follow the Family Discipleship Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. We love you guys. We are looking forward to all God has for us this spring, and we will see you next week.